Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot. The Fury Theory starts right now. The Fury Theory Podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. We are talking whiskey today, not Foxtrot or Tango. Uh, Joined by two experts in the field of whiskey, bourbon, tequila, all kinds of things. We're going to talk trade and tax policy. We're also going to talk taste. How does some of this stuff taste? And we are so honored to have two really huge experts in the field. First, Chris Swanger, who is uh, the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, Discus. And Frank uh, Coleman, who's been there for, what, 20 years, 30 years, uh, forever? <laughs> 17. 17 years. Uh, one of the true uh, giants in the field. We're really glad to have both of you here today. Uh, Chris and uh, Frank, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Uh, it's good to be this, here. This is a good time for the, the liquor industry, but it's a little bumpy, isn't it, Chris? There's got this tariff stuff. What, what's going on with this tariff stuff when it comes to the uh, spirits industry? Great question. Well, first and foremost, the spirits industry has enjoyed nine straight years of consecutive growth. So uh, consumers have really been gravitating, male, female, to the taste of distilled spirits and whiskey and so mm-hmm. forth. And there has been massive growth, in particular for American whiskey and bourbon. Uh, over the last couple of years, uh, we've, we've hit some turbulence as it relates to uh, the international trade wars with the Trump administration taking uh, a fairly aggressive posture to address some long-standing trade barrier issues with China, the EU, and other markets. Uh, Unfortunately, in June 2018, uh, our friends in Europe imposed a 25% uh, tariff on American whiskey, which has resulted in a 21% decline in exports in American whiskey to Europe. This was all in relation to uh, the Section 232 uh, steel and aluminum. So it had, was, uh, it had nothing to do with whiskey. It had everything to do with steel. Completely. And that was really, really, uh, really unfortunate. So many of our member companies have been struggling with that. And just over the last couple of weeks, something completely separate to the steel and aluminum battle uh, the World Trade Organization in the U.S. Uh, for many, many years, like 17 years, have been grappling with uh, trade subsidies or uh, related to Boeing and Airbus. Right. And just just last week, unfortunately, uh, the WTO came out with a ruling uh, to penalize Europe and Airbus. And as a result of that, uh, I regret to report that our friends in the Trump administration uh, imposed uh, retaliatory tariffs on the Europeans on single malt scotch, single malt Irish whiskey, and great cordials and liqueurs. So both of these issues are unrelated to our industry. Our industry is enjoyed, uh, particularly in Europe, which is a significant market for American whiskey, and the U.S. is a significant market for European spirits. Uh, since 1997, have enjoyed zero for zero uh, tariffs, and that has resulted in 450 percent growth in imports and exports back and forth between us and Europe, and uh, 6.7 billion dollars worth of economic uh, uh, economic development. And uh, it's just been really, really unfortunate because it not only you know has a direct impact on consumers and the companies. Uh, It has an impact on smaller craft distillers. 
Uh, we work very, very closely with our European counterparts. What's unique about our industry is we're very, very connected. Many of our member companies will, there'll be American companies and they'll own scotch. So uh, let, 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 let's put this in, in a framework. So many of your companies are international in nature. They both have European su uh, subsidies, subsidiaries and American conglomerates, the whole nine yards. The European Union hits, when they're hitting a American company or American whiskey, they're kind of hitting themselves, right? Totally, it's totally. It's back yes. and forth. And then when, Amer when the Trump administration does that, they're hitting themselves. That makes no sense. Uh, it's really, really unfortunate. And I think as a result, we've used the term, we're collateral damage. And uh, what we're doing is calling on the Europeans and the Trump administration to get to the negotiating table, really calling on our European friends to end the tariff on American whiskey. Uh, and as a result, you know, we think we'd be in a better position to encourage the Trump administration to end the tariffs on cordials and liqueurs and uh, single malt scotch and Irish whiskey as well. Hey, talking about Irish whiskey, do we have any here, Frank? Uh, we do. In fact, we have this great um, uh, red breast. Uh, well, can we get a little try of this right now? Okay. Okay. Like can we do this? All right, yeah, we'll, John. This, yeah, John. Is, this is actually owned by the French, uh, the Pernod Ricard, which also owns uh, a number of American brands. Um, and uh, okay, so let's see. Irish whiskey has has enjoyed dramatic growth in the U.S. market over the last five, ten years. Uh, Frank, you can elaborate on it. Yes. But I think almost like four hundred, uh, well over four hundred plus percent growth. I can't Actually, remember the numbers, uh, but it's since, significant. Since two thousand and two, um, now hang on because you want to add a little water because this is a pretty high ABV. Uh, what is, Frank, what does ABV mean? Alcohol by volume. Okay. It's how they measure alcohol. So okay. this is uh, 92 proof. Uh, so it's 46% well, alcohol. It's only a little bit. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me give it a try first. We're committed right. to For your heritage. consuming in moderation. Yes, absolutely. Well, this is this is pretty rough. Yeah. It tastes good, though. Yeah, no, no. Here, pass, pass <laughs> all, right, it over. all right, fantastic, fantastic. Okay. All right. There you go. It didn't take your head off, did it, John? It did not take my head off. No, no, and I, no, you no. Know, I'm, I'm no rookie when it comes to drinking <laughs> Irish whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> uh, my favorite is, and I don't want to pick favorites on the show, yeah. but my favorite is um, Jameson 18-year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Same company. Yeah, it's fantastic. This is made down at Middleton where they make all uh, the Jameson. And so when we're talking about – so we're not only hurting, obviously, American distillers, but we're hurting Irish distillers, and most importantly, we're hurting American consumers. And farmers and everybody connected with our industry, yeah, no doubt about, across the board. Uh, and it's just really unfortunate because there's been uh, it, it's a it's a it's a photo picture of what free trade is all about. The success of the U.S. and the European spirits markets and the growth that we've enjoyed over the last 25 years since 1997. So we've certainly hit some headwinds uh, since June 2018, and we're going to do our best to try to navigate it and get the both both governments on at the at the negotiating table. So, Chris, tell me, you just started at Discus. Tell me a little bit about the organization. Tell me how long, how long it's been around. Tell me about what you're kind of what you're supposed to be, who you uh, represent, and and how you advocate. Great, great. Well, thank you. So, so uh, I had the privilege of uh, being. Uh, working for two member companies at Discus a long time ago for 15 years, being global at the time, and another company called Allied Demex Spirits and Spirits and Wine. And then I transitioned and worked for a global engineering company for 10 years and loved that. Uh, and then the opportunity came came along to come back into the industry 
and uh, I really had the privilege of, of leading the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. In addition to that, I also lead uh, a separate organization called Responsibility.org. Discus has been around since 1971 and is really uh, the industry-leading trade association on behalf of the distilled spirits industry. Uh, we have the privilege of representing 15 great companies that sit and reside on our board, American multinational companies, and then we represent 95 craft distillers as well. Uh, these are the smaller uh, craft distillers all around the country. And they're, they're cropping up all over the place. There's like craft distillers here in Washington, D.C. All yeah. over. And then responsibility.org uh, is really uh, the industry's arm focused on combating underage drinking, drunk driving, and promoting responsible consumption. And what's amazing on that front is underage drinking has been at its lowest levels ever recorded. Binge drinking on college campuses or at its lowest levels that it's ever been recorded. So we got to continue to keep that going down. And uh, drunk driving fatalities, uh, just just yesterday, as a matter of fact, the National Highway Safety, uh, Traffic Safety Administration released numbers that we've got a 3.6% decline and drop in drunk driving fatalities. Well, you know, I think that's because of your efforts. They're also because of Uber. I mean, kids take Uber. Uh, parents, adults take Uber. I think that's that's an important uh, responsibility. You know, the fact is that drunk driving laws are, are a reality. People yeah. shouldn't drive when they're drunk. And you have so many other opportunities to take other types of transportation, Absolutely. which we didn't have when we were growing up. I will say this, though. I bet you kids are not binge drinking red breast because it's probably too expensive oh uh, that's true this 15 year old let's hope not <laughs> let's hope not. so what's the next thing we're drinking here okay uh why don't we turn to the home team product all right let's do that okay yeah. there's been a huge uh growth in rye whiskey of late uh i mean basically the market we're in the golden age of distilled spirits there's more diversity uh, uh, golden age for consumers really um uh, so there's more diversity there's more innovation there's more uh quality than there's ever been in history so you're, this is a good example of it. So this Basil is a uh, gin bean product, okay. Basil Hayden. It's normally, uh, this is Battle ha Basil Hayden rye, but they blend it with Canadian rye. So it's American rye blended with Canadian rye and some port whiskey added, uh, port uh, wine added in addition. Oh, let me try that. Yeah, so Let's give that a shot. It's good, I had some last <laughs> night. It's the first time I've, I've had that. Yeah, I had it okay. last night. We did an event at, uh, with the American Chemistry Council because oh, yeah. uh, the nature of, Making great distilled spirits, uh, there's an element of chemistry, and uh, uh, this is an amazing brand. Now, am I supposed to sniff this? Or you uh, yes, you are. And uh, this is uh, this is uh, they bring this out a special edition every year. So okay. This is uh, the uh, 2017, but there's a 2018 and 2019 as well. Now, when you drink, you know, really nice whiskeys, are you supposed to kind of do the same thing as you do with the wines, or is yeah, that you, a different you process? You definitely knows it, and and I can show you how to do that. Um, uh, oh, this is good. I like this one. Yeah, it's really good. It's kind of it's a unique type of thing. That's yeah, it's fine. Totally, total innovation. Yeah, I don't want to screw it too much. I think yeah, this is bit. really, really good. Wow. Okay, and um, uh, but the water actually has a chemical uh, uh, effect. It opens it up. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and so you you nose it, and so if you does if it you, blossom, if you put it under your nose and inhale through your mouth. Okay. I'm not gonna inhale through my nose, right? Oh, that's good. Woo. Wow. Um, Chris, let's talk about a little bit about the, the Congress passed a pretty revolutionary tax law yep. a couple of years ago. 
I was in favor of it. We were trying to cut the corporate rate to a more responsible place. There was all kinds of other, like any tax law, there's all kinds of things that happened to them. Net win, wins and losses, how did you look at it? Did you, was it a good thing for the industry, or was it complicated? Well, this was before I, before I joined Discus, but uh, an amazing thing that Congress did, and signed by, by the president at the time, was the passage of the Craft Beverage Modernization Tax Reform Act. And essentially, I mean, distilled spirits is one of the highest tax consumer products on the planet. Uh, and that's what's so troubling about the tariffs, because right. you're adding tariffs on top of a very high tax product. But essentially what the Craft Beverage Modernization Tax Reform Act did is provide a tax break, particularly for the craft distillers that were just starting up, where it would take the tax rate, which is $13.50 by proof gallon, down to two dollars and something. Oh, wow, that's great! And uh, just for a hundred thousand gallons. So what that would do would enable these craft distillers to be able to invest back in these small distilleries that are cropping up all over in communities all around the country. That was a two-year authorization, and uh, we're working very, very hard to try to get the craft beverage uh, tax reform act. It's a mouthful. Uh, uh, passed Kaboom by Congress. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, passed by Congress at the year at, at year end, hopefully on a tax extenders bill. Uh, but today we've got 299 co-sponsors. co-sponsors on the House side and 71 on the Senate side. So, you know, in this very politically divisive uh, environment that we're living in today, uh, th- that legislation enjoys great bipartisan support because I think lawmakers are seeing what's happening uh, with distilled spirits in their communities, with the the emergence of craft distillers over the last 12, 15 years, and it really will make a difference in those distilleries being able to invest back into their communities and growing jobs. And it could be one job or two job at a time at a distillery, but it makes the big big difference. Well, the the thing about it is you give people some local control and local flavor the big guys like it because sometimes they can invest in some of these smaller guys and and they and they the the innovation that comes from there uh and everyone wants to kind of buy the local stuff right to see what it's like so that that local flavor is really really important so when you walk into a member of congress or senator's office and say hey listen this is really important what are the top two points you try to make to them Really, the economic development that this will generate in in their particular community. Uh, There are 2,000 craft distillers, give or take, all around the country. So what's beautiful, and this happened when I was in the industry 12, 15 years ago, was the the very beginning stages of the rise of the craft distiller movement. So what uh, what is what is amazing now is there's craft distillers in almost every congressional district, oh, right? So, yeah. And that generates tourism, local development, uh, a great spirit of uh, liberalization and modernization of the laws. All, yeah. all of the above. So uh, we're we're very uh, bullish on making sure that this gets passed by year end. And Discus is kind of at the, the the tip of the spear to kind of pass some of these things and, and getting this reauthorized, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So and Frank, we're working with our industry partners as well, but certainly Discus is playing a, playing a leading and role. And it does have an impact for beer, wine, and spirits, because that was one of the beauties of the bill, is that it tied the entire industry together. Everybody was together. Large, that, 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 that's going to get to my next question, yes. but before I do that, I want to talk, I want the, what's the next one we got here? How, how, stay with the home team product, bourbon? Yeah, let's do the bourbon. This is a great bourbon, Blade & Bow. It's produced by Diageo, uh, you know, a global company, the largest, and um, it... Uh, 
basically, uh, it's, it's a, a Solera system where they're blending different bourbons from their old Stitzer Weller distillery, which is where the original Pappy came from. So to be a bourbon, you got to be in Kentucky, is that right? No. You have to be in the U.S. You have to be in the U.S. Okay, all right. Oh, I was wondering about that. And there's a great story about how they, um, uh, you know, the, the the rule is you have to be in a charred new, new oak barrel, and uh, that okay. was that was a Wilbur Mills deal when he was a freshman on the Ways and Means Committee in no 1964. Kidding. Yes, they were reauthorizing the Alcohol Administration Act, and his the largest crop of his uh, northern Arkansas district was oak. So is that put, right? He codified what, in, in essence, was a historic. Uh, a situation anyway but uh, which is an amazing story what's cool about it is so bourbon it has to be made with new oak barrels charred, right? charred, yeah, charred, charred, charred new oak barrels. barrels okay so when those barrels are used in making bourbon typically they're shipped over to Scotland the Scots will use the, the used barrels to age their scotch so that's just another element of on how this industry is so connected. What's brilliant about the industry, you know, from George Washington obviously being the nation's one of the nation's first distillers to the whiskey rebellion, there is so much rich history and uh, elements of the American story, uh, and it's continuing as we speak with the development of the craft bourbon and craft whiskey uh, a, a phenomenon that's happening. So it's just, it's really a special industry that's to run into water. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see, that's, that's the most interesting thing about where, where you, you are coming from. George Washington was the original craft distiller. He was the original craft distiller. Then, then you had the Whiskey Rebellion, as you pointed out. But we also had what I call the darkest age in America. And there's a lot of other dark ages. But for right. me, it's very, very personal. And that is, <laughs> I got you. That is pr prohibition, which is a, an example of extremism. And the distillers lost. Everybody lost. Everybody lost yep. um, when the prohibition happened. And so your job is actually really important. Because if you don't protect this industry, and something can go haywire. Things can go really bad really quickly. And so, you know, more power to you. And, you know, I think that um, that's why advocacy is so important when it comes to all kinds of things, but especially the spirits and and all the other things. Um, now, I'm a all of the above type drinker. I like, you know, I like whiskey. I like tequila. Um, I really, really like beer. I'm like Brett Kavanaugh. But I like wine. Um, talk about the interplay between all the industries. Sometimes you guys are kind of working together, and sometimes well, not so much. Some of our members actually own all three. Right, I know. So sure. take like Constellation. They own a, a great tequila, Casa Noble, and they own um, Sedka Vodka, and, of course, their Robert Mondavi wine, and then their Corona uh, beer. In large part, I mean, uh, we work, uh, Discus works very, very closely with the Wine Institute and Wine America and the Beer Institute and the Brewers Association. So 85% uh, of the time we're in collaboration together, right? We're all committed to responsibility, which is an important element of it. Every once in a while, you'll get some jockeying. You know, the spirits guys are com competing with beer, and that but you're, you're taxed. You're taxed higher than everybody else, though, right? We are. We Except are. Except on that first hundred thousand gallons. Right, it's the first hundred thousand gallons. But that's a legacy right. of the old years blue and laws, years. right? Exactly. And it's really hard to stop that. Exactly. Exactly. And well, we that's why it was so. That's why the the tax bill was so earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. And we contend. We Proud. we're still contending with blue laws every day in the states. Uh, but it, it, it's 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 an amazing industry, and it's a real privilege to represent and advocate for it. It's like, easy. for example, Jack Daniels is made in a dry county. Exactly. Which is very strange. Except Lynchburg they passed a law, now you can have liquor in there 
Oh. You can have a tasting at, at yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for coming to the, on the Fear Theory podcast brought to you by EFB. I want um, we have one segment of the show which I think is really important. Uh, some people don't think it's as important, but I love it. And that is, what are you buying or selling today? Um, what are you buying or selling today? And what is the, the 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 topic? Basically, is whatever you want, whatever thing that you have in your in your craw that you want to get out and tell people about. Here's what I'm selling. Uh, just a couple of months ago, we launched at, at Discus uh, a grassroots platform called Spirit United. It's really bringing and harnessing the pride that exists within our industry to 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 be advocates for our industry. So. For all your listeners, uh, sign up www.spiritunited.org, and it's an advocacy platform. Uh, so uh, we're looking for consumers, everybody in the industry, to sign up to Spirit United. If you're uh, a consumer and enjoy uh, enjoy these great products, that's what I'm selling. Sign up for Spirit United and help us get that craft beverage bill passed. Uh, by year end. Excellent. Frank, what are you buying or selling? Uh, I'm selling uh, our annual uh, convention, which is the first annual convention that we've ever done. It's going to be in uh, Louisville in February, um, and uh, you can get it. Uh, you can get to the inf- more information by going to distilledspirits.org. Um, you can sign up to attend uh, or uh, sponsor or uh, what have you. It won't be a bad conference. Won't no. be a bad conference. I'm buying uh, a wonderful woman who uh, used to uh, be a, uh, a nanny to my daughter and son, uh, Jack and Molly. Mimi. And Mimi Johnson, who I hope is watching the podcast today. She's a great American, a great immigrant from uh, Ethiopia, one of the uh, truly great spirits I've ever met in my life. Um, and she's been a, a big part of both of our families. And I just want to say, Mimi, if you're watching, we love you. And we're glad that you're watching. And you know, we know you don't drink, so we drink on your behalf. <laughs> um, with that, let me just say uh, thank you, guys. And cheers. Let's put a little bit more. Okay. How, you want to switch to one more? Well, well one, one more. One more. We'll, one, one we'll more. do a cheers okay. on one more. Let's okay. do the Glen Morangi. Glen Morangi, yes. Uh, okay. Okay. So, Scotch. Scotch. This is owned by Moet Hennessy. Okay. Um, it... Uh, it, it's the original innovator of uh, in Scotch. Uh, so this is a sherry uh, cask finish. Uh, Dr. Bill Lumsden um, uh, is the uh, uh, mad scientist of Scotch. So for years he's been doing different kinds of finishes, and he, he popularized it in, uh, about 20 years ago. Well, hey, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. Thanks so this is sherry cask. Sherry cask. Yeah. And here's the sherry cask and all that other stuff. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.